0: Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode five of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Krieg. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage disappointed with the reality of your relationship are you just struggling to make it all work you're not alone and you're in the right place this is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well Okay, so let's take a quick poll. Listener, what do you think is the biggest predictor of divorce? Is it infidelity, drinking, drugs, money? Well, it's none of the above. I'm sorry to say, but the real answer is kind of boring. The biggest predictor of divorce for modern couples, it's how you communicate. That's why on today's episode, we're going to discuss communication. We're going to talk about the biggest communication mistakes you're making, how to spot them and why it matters. And I'm also going to teach you the most important skill you can learn today to level up your communication. So I've always thought of myself as an excellent communicator. After all, that's my job. As a therapist, I spend all day, every day listening and communicating with the clients in my office. And because I thought I was such a good therapist, I never really spent much time thinking about my own problems with communication with my husband. And anytime my husband and I would get into a fight or we'd struggle with communication, I found myself thinking, geez, what's his problem? Why can't he just learn how to communicate? Why can't he just fix this? And I spent so much time focusing on what my husband was doing wrong that I never really stepped back and looked at the big picture. I never really took any time to think about what I was doing to contribute to our communication problems. I didn't realize that when it came to my own marriage, my communication skills really sucked. And to be honest, I kind of chalked that up to being a therapist because as a therapist, I was taught to focus on skills of communication. I was taught to think about communication in terms of the skills that you use, how assertive you are, how direct you are, whether or not you're using things like I statements and how you're talking about your feelings. But for the longest time, I never realized that communication is a dance. It's a two-way street and it's a back and forth between myself and my husband. It wasn't until I really dug into the research around couples and how happy couples communicate that I realized that I was a really big part of the problem. And I realized that a lot of the traditional advice I had gotten about communication in relationships and what you really needed to do to make it work was actually wrong. And it took me years to understand that how I was communicating in my marriage was actually ruining my relationship. And that's why I want to talk about communication today, hands down. Communication is the biggest complaint that I hear from the couples I see in my office, because here's the truth. Happy couples know how to communicate and unhappy couples struggle. If you've checked out my podcast, you probably know that I'm a marriage therapist and a relationship coach, and I've been helping couples in the therapy room restore and repair their relationships for, wow, for almost 15 years now. So I've spent a lot of time problem solving with busy, overwhelmed, taxed couples. And one of the most common complaints I hear from stressed out couples about their marriage is we don't know how to communicate. For many of us learning how to communicate in a relationship, it's, it's actually a new skill. Unless your parents were excellent communicators, you've probably never seen strong, emotional, relational communication up close and personal. And even if your parents were wonderful communicators, there's a pretty good chance that your relationship and your life looks totally different than your parents and your parents' marriage. And that's why as a marriage therapist, one of the things that I have learned to focus on is how couples communicate. I know from both personal experience and professional experience that strong relationships depend on strong communication. But as a married person myself, I also know that strong communication in a marriage is hard because strong communication in a marriage, it's emotional. And even if you are an excellent communicator to your coworkers, to your employees, to your team, there's still a pretty good chance that something is off about the way you communicate with your partner. Like I mentioned before, this is probably hands down the biggest complaint that I hear at my office. So if you're struggling with communication, you're not alone. Earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that the biggest predictor of divorce is how you talk to your partner. And this pattern of communication, this negative pattern of communication, it's called the four horsemen. So let's start by talking about the four horsemen. The four horsemen is a term used to describe a really negative, painful pattern of communication characterized by criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. The researcher who first noticed this pattern Decided to call these four communication habits, the four horsemen, because couples who engage in these habits are significantly more likely to separate and divorce than couples who don't. So bottom line, happy couples know how to avoid these four horsemen. Happy couples know how to avoid criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling and Unhappy couples find themselves engaging in a back and forth dance that uses all four. So this researcher, the person who first did this research, he reviewed hundreds of hours of tape of couples engaging in routine interactions, right? Like talking about what they're going to make for dinner, discussing something in the newspaper. And this researcher found that he could predict with accuracy, with more than 90% accuracy, which couples would divorce and which couples would stay together by only watching three minutes of tape of these couples interaction. Three minutes is all it takes to see the four horsemen in action. And that is why it is so important that you pay attention to your communication and how you talk to your partner, because it only takes three minutes to poison a conversation. Now let's break this down. Like I mentioned earlier, the four horsemen are criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. If any of these habits sound familiar, you are not alone. The vast majority of couples that I work with engage in at least one of these communication habits when they first start to work with me. And in fact, most couples engage in two, three, or even all four of these communication habits. Most of the couples that work with me describe their communication pattern as a vicious cycle. They start with criticism, then they go into defensiveness. And over time, they find themselves stuck in contempt and stonewalling. Like I mentioned earlier, this negative habit of communication, it's a pattern and it's a dance. You alone are not responsible for this pattern and your partner is not responsible for this pattern. This is something that you guys do together. And that is really, really important because even if your partner is doing something wrong, kind of like I thought with my husband, even if your partner is doing something wrong, you probably play a role and you can control how you communicate. So I want to break this down to make this easier to understand. So these four horsemen, criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Let's start by talking about criticism. Criticism is generally the first and the most common horseman In relationships, criticism happens when one partner feels frustrated, angry, or upset and makes a critical statement towards their spouse. Criticism involves bringing up an issue in a way that focuses on your partner's character or personality, rather than the specific thing that they did that bugs you or frustrates you. Criticism happens when we focus on our partner as a person and not their behavior. So let me give you an example if I was focused on my partner's behavior and I was going to make a complaint, I might say something like, Hey, honey, I noticed that you didn't take the trash out last night. I'm, I'm a little frustrated. Could you please take the trash out tomorrow morning? That's a complaint, a specific, I'm focusing on the behavior. A criticism, however, happens when we look at our partner's behavior and we interpret it to mean something about who they are as a person. So here's an example of criticism. Let's say same situation. My husband did not take out the trash. If I was going to be critical, if I was going to criticize him, instead of saying, Hey, I'm disappointed. You didn't take out the trash. I might say something like, "Ugh, you never take out the trash. You're so lazy. That is a criticism. And again, criticism is the most common horseman. And it's also the first horseman that shows up in a conversation. So when we look at couples and we watch how they communicate, the first, the first shot across the bow, when communication is going to go sideways is criticism. Naturally, when someone feels criticized or nagged, they start to get defensive. And that's the second horseman I want to talk about is defensiveness, because this often happens in a pattern criticism leads to defensiveness and defensiveness is considered the second horseman. And it almost always happens when one partner feels attacked or criticized by the other partner at its core. Defensiveness is really a way to protect yourself or to ward off a perceived attack. Defensiveness is really something that is protective and it's a pretty normal reaction to feeling criticized. But the problem with defensiveness is that defensiveness often escalates the conflict because the person who's being defensive more often than not will respond to criticism or that perceived attack with a counterattack. And the more that someone rejects responsibility or accountability for something, the louder and more intense the person making a complaint is probably going to get. So for a lot of couples, there's this really common back and forth pattern of criticism, defensiveness, defensiveness, criticism. And this pattern can go on for years. Eventually this pattern of criticism and defensiveness often leads to stonewalling and contempt. So let's talk about these next two horsemen, stonewalling and contempt. So the first thing that I want to talk about is stonewalling because stonewalling is one of the more common horsemen that we see when conflict has escalated over time. So if you've been struggling with communication with your partner on and off for years, there's a pretty good chance that stonewalling is starting to take place. Stonewalling happens when one partner shuts down or withdraws from the conversation. Now, even if you haven't heard the term stonewalling before, you've probably seen it either in yourself or your partner. Stonewalling happens when the conflict gets so heated or so tense that one person shuts down or walks away. Now, this can be an actual like physical walking away that happens a lot, but it can also be an emotional or nonverbal walking away. So for example, if you've ever had a conflict with your partner and things have gotten kind of tense and they pull out their phone and they start scanning through their phone, that's a great example of stonewalling. That is when someone leaves the conversation when either they cannot or they will not continue to engage with you. Stonewalling is again, this is another one of those attempts to protect, right? It's, it's not too different from defensiveness, right? These are both protective strategies. But like with defensiveness, stonewalling actually escalates conflict because stonewalling ups the ante in any conversation. If one person is talking and the other person shuts down and walks away, the person who's talking, who's trying to communicate, It's probably going to get pretty angry and pretty frustrated. And more likely than not, they're going to up the ante. They're going to get louder. They're going to get more aggressive, more frustrated, more angry. That of course causes the person who's stonewalling to shut down even more. And this cycle or this pattern continues. So for couples who are really struggling with communication, often what we see with couples is we have a pattern that is kicked off by some form of criticism, followed by defensiveness, escalation. Stonewalling and more escalation. And when stonewalling is present in your communication, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to fight even louder, even harder. And I call this hot conflict. You're going to have really hot conflict, passionate, loud, sometimes personal, sometimes mean, right? You're going to have this loud conflict. Or this other thing can happen where when one person stonewalls and shuts down, the other partner follows suit. And this is what I call cold conflict, because this is what happens when nobody talks anymore. When there's a lot of stonewalling in a relationship, oftentimes one or both partners kind of looks at things and thinks to themselves, what's the point? And when they think to themselves, when you think to yourself, what's the point in having this conversation? You just stop talking. So whether this ends in this hot conflict, this loud conflict, or this cold conflict, this silent tension, stonewalling really drives a wedge between two people. Because anytime there's a conflict, there's never any resolution. Nothing happens and nothing gets done. And when there is no resolution, when you cannot communicate, you cannot get your needs met, we see the fourth horseman, contempt. And contempt is the number one predictor of divorce. It is the most poisonous part of this negative communication pattern. So what is contempt? Contempt is at its heart, just a general feeling of frustration, resentment, and overall disregard for your partner. Contempt happens a lot in couples and in relationships when one or both partners just don't feel heard or listened to or respected. Contempt can show up in a lot of different ways. And it happens when you speak down to your partner, when you talk to them with scorn, it's when you kind of look and act and feel superior to your partner. And it happens when you find yourself putting your partner down or insulting your partner, right? It comes from this place of like, I'm better than you, right? So I'm, I'm smarter. I'm neater. I'm cleaner. I'm more punctual. I am better than you. Contempt happens when all we do is scan our partner for their mistakes and point them out. And contempt can be really obvious, like scorn, hostile jokes, kind of nitpicking at your partner and and how they act or what they do. But it can also be more subtle, like rolling your eyes, mocking your partner, uh, talking down to your partner in front of other people. There are lots of different ways to show contempt in a relationship and contempt is poisonous. So if you didn't struggle with stonewalling or shutting down before, once you introduce contempt into the situation, into the equation, stonewalling almost always follows. And these are the four horsemen. So going back to the research, what we know is when these four horsemen are present in communication something is really wrong in a relationship. And as you can imagine, these four horsemen lead to a chain reaction that escalates over time. And this chain reaction, uh, this vicious cycle of communication leads to a lot of perpetual conflict, because if you cannot talk about a problem, you cannot solve it. And perpetual conflict is the type of conflict that drives couples crazy. And as a therapist, this is the type of conflict that I see most often in my office. Perpetual conflict is what happens when it feels like you have the same argument over and over and over with your spouse. Most couples have some form of this conflict in their relationship, whether it's about money or cleaning or chores, all couples have at least one form of perpetual conflict. When it comes to perpetual conflict, these types of problems that you just can't seem to solve, what matters most is how you talk about it. What matters most is that pattern of communication and whether it's negative, like the four horsemen, or whether or not it's positive and kind. If you've ever had the same argument over and over with your spouse, if you've ever gotten personal with your spouse, if you've ever found yourself calling names or being critical, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But here's the good news. Even if you have the four horsemen in your communication, in your relationship, it doesn't have to be that way. And you can turn things around. I want you to take a moment to imagine what it would be like if you knew how to talk to your partner in a different way. What if, what if you could prevent these minor arguments from turning into major blow-ups and talk to your partner in a way that they can hear and understand? What if you could actually solve some of those perpetual problems like fights about chores or money? What if you could solve some of those problems and move forward? What would life look like? And think about it. How would that change your marriage? If you can change the way you communicate about problems and issues, you can change your marriage and you can change how you feel. So right now you might be thinking about the four horsemen and you might be a little scared for your relationship. And I know this is true for a lot of couples. The first time they hear about the four horsemen, because here's the reality. Most of us live with the four horsemen every day. This is part of our habit of communication. So if you're listening to this and you're struggling with your communication, you might be a little scared for your relationship, but I want you to take that fear and I want you to turn it to excitement because if you can change these habits, you can change your relationship. The good news is that your marriage does not have to be doomed by bad communication habits. And really that's what those four horsemen are. They're just bad habits. And like any bad habit, they can be changed. The key to better communication is changing the way you talk to your spouse. Avoid these habits, avoid the four horsemen, and you will change your marriage. And here's where a lot of couples go wrong. Instead of identifying and changing their bad communication habits, most couples spend their time and energy learning and practicing new communication skills. And that's kind of what I talked about earlier when I mentioned that part of the problem in my own marriage and with my own communication was that I I focused too much on skills. I spent a lot of time reading books about how to talk to your partner. I read a lot of articles about how to be a better communicator. I emailed my husband, a lot of articles about how to be a better communicator. And I really focused on skills like active listening, I statements, things like that. And Like most couples where I went wrong is I tried to layer these new communication skills on top of really old bad habits that I already had. And I found myself so silly. I found myself arguing with my partner about why these new skills weren't working and who was doing it wrong. So instead of actually helping my communication, focusing and going directly to skills actually caused a lot of problems. Because the reality is that learning new communication skills will not help your communication problems unless you deal with and eliminate those bad habits first. Now, don't get me wrong. I am all about communication skills. It's, it's one of the components of my signature coaching program. And it's something that I teach couples all the time in my office. But all of those skills, all of those communication skills, they're really just the icing on the cake, right? They're, they're the sprinkles on top of a really nice Sunday. Because the real issue isn't what you say to your spouse, it's how you say it, and what you think about your partner when you say it. When you change your mindset about your partner and you change how you talk to your partner, you will change your communication. And like we talked about earlier, when you change your communication, you will change your marriage. So here's the bottom line. If you have the four horsemen in your marriage, if they are present, you have to address that first. And remember those four horsemen, they are habits. All you have to do is change your communication habits and you can change your marriage. So at the beginning of this podcast, I promise that I would teach you a skill. So I'm going to teach you the most important skill that you can learn today to level up your communication. And I'm going to teach you a skill that starts to change one of the most common negative communication habits that you probably have in your marriage. And that's criticism. Combating criticism is simple, but hard. And this is why, because again, criticism is a habit and criticism is not always direct and obvious. Criticism is not always calling your partner a mean name or saying something really negative about them. Criticism can be communicated through something as simple as your tone of voice Your body language, a deep sigh. I know I'm guilty of that. Whenever I'm about to say something critical to my partner, I normally go, (sighs) and he knows right away that I'm about to launch into some criticism. So criticism can be really hard to change because again, it's a habit. So the skill I want to teach you today is something that directly counteracts that habit. It kind of stops that habit in its tracks before you even get started with criticism. So the skill I'm going to teach you today is the softened startup or the gentle startup. And like I mentioned earlier, this is really simple to start gently, to start softly. All you have to do is be kind, right? So that sounds really, really simple. In reality, it's hard because most of us are stuck in this really negative pattern. A gentle startup can be anything from a smile to your partner, a kind word. Um, It can be starting the conversation with a moment of gratitude or a thank you. It's just a different way of approaching the situation. So I'm going to give you a real world example. So let's say that I am again, I'm frustrated about the trash. As you can tell, this is a huge problem in my marriage is getting that trash taken out. So let's say I'm frustrated about the trash. I have a choice. When my husband gets home from work, when my partner gets home from work, I can either start harshly as soon as he walks in the door, call him out. Hey, you forgot to take the trash out yesterday. I'm really frustrated. That's harsh. And because it's so harsh, that could easily be perceived as critical or criticism. So I have a choice. I can start harshly or I can start softly. So let's say same situation. My husband walks through the door. If I decide I want to start softly with my partner, I might greet my husband. I know strange concept. I might greet my husband as he walks in and I might say, Hey honey, I am so glad you're home. I missed you. And then I might lead in with my specific complaint. Hey, honey, I'm so glad you came home. I really miss you today. And I know you've been really, really busy. I noticed that the trash didn't get taken out last night and I felt kind of frustrated. I'm wondering if you can take the trash out now before we sit down for dinner. That is a great way to have a soft startup to the conversation. And here is why the softened startup is so incredibly important. When we look at the research, when we look at how couples talk to each other and what happens next... 96% of the time, if you start the conversation with a harsh tone, with a harsh frame of mind, the conversation will end in conflict. And that is why this is the most important skill that you can learn is to start gently because starting gently, it sets a whole new tone for the way you talk to each other. And one thing that we do notice about couples is that when we lead with kindness, when we lead with gratitude It is so much harder to follow that with a criticism. And if you lead with kindness and gratitude, your partner is much more likely to be open to hearing you, to actually hear your complaint. And instead of getting defensive and escalating the conflict, they're much more likely to be open to respond with a simple, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't take out the trash. (laughs) And if we can avoid defensiveness, you're golden. So that is why the softened startup is the most important skill that you can use. And I highly encourage you to put that in your toolbox today. So I want you to just take a moment now to think about your communication, how you talk to your partner. So I want you to take a moment to picture that last fight you had with your partner. Take a moment and really visualize that last major argument you and your spouse had and think about the four horsemen. Did you notice any of those four horsemen in the way you talk to each other? If you could redo that conversation, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? And if you could redo that conversation, how would you kick it off? How would you start it? Take some time to really think about your habits, your way of communicating. And I want to encourage you to make an investment in your communication. And when I say an investment, what I mean is I want you to start spending your time, your energy, and if you have to, your money in how you communicate with your partner. And this is why, because how you talk to your partner is the biggest predictor of divorce. And if you cannot talk about your problems, you cannot solve them. And if you do not talk about your problems, you and your partner are gonna continue to drift apart. And one of the biggest, let's call it counterpoints, I hear from the couples I work with when I talk about communication is how much time and how much energy it's going to take to do this. I'm going to be upfront with you. It does take a lot of time and a lot of energy to communicate in a kind, gentle way. There are no shortcuts here, but if you do, you will have a much more satisfying relationship a much more healthy, happy way of talking to each other and a more connected and loving marriage. So my top tip for any of the couples listening to this podcast is to lead with kindness. Start every conversation with a gentle, softened startup and be aware of those four horsemen. If you notice those four horsemen in your conversation, stop, push pause and reset because it is never too late to change the way you talk to your partner. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Follow me on Instagram for more tips, tricks, and practical advice to build a better marriage. And stay tuned for my summer workshop series designed to help you level up your relationship. And if you're ready to level up your communication skills, reach out, I'd love to help. Thanks for listening to Married Well, the podcast. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at married.well. Show notes and resources can be found at MarriedWell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at MarriedWell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.